You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. And now more straight talk from Straight Talk. The big wireless companies say they're the only way to get the best coverage. Because they've got like a kajillion cell towers? Something like that. But Straight Talk Wireless runs on those same towers, so you get the same great networks for up to 50% less. I wonder if they're counting that one in Kickapoo, Kansas. Oh boy. Switch today and get our unlimited plan for just 45 bucks a month with 25 gigs at high speeds and no contract. Straight Talk Wireless, only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. So welcome. My name is Nichelle Anderson. I am the host of my podcast entitled Nichelle Anderson Short Stories and Beyond. Welcome for this week that will be focused on character profiles for season one, 2017 to 2018. This will last about nine weeks. So each week for the next nine weeks, I will focus on on a particular character to give you some background this would definitely help for those that are new to my production in a sense that I'm focusing my short stories on Mole which is moments of love in ancient Egypt and for those that have been following me just kind of recap and also to talk about some new characters that I introduce that you haven't heard from mentioning for my book Mitch Ram a memoir or any other webisodes or prior stage plays. Also, overall, this will help you when I announce the actual one dates for the prestige return of Mole stage play, which I have been in prep phase for a while to return that production back with more characters from the book that most of them have not been on stage. Okay, only a few, really, really a few in the webisodes, but mostly it has been the lead character that came through my book, Mitzrayam, a memoir, which is Princess Amelia. Okay, and then the two kings, King Dama and King Danielle, and then her friends Salma and Nahar. And then the webisodes, it was Queen Hagar. I felt that she needed to step forward, and it was Inky that came through in the webisodes. Then I'm not sure that too many people got to see that last. Or maybe you did. Yeah, I'll take it back. I think you did. Yeah, in the webisodes I did. That was the season. I just did a season one uh, webisodes. But um, both of them, Inky and Queen Hagar, has not been on stage. They will when we return back for the prestige return of Molay stage play. So this would be great homework for you, for people that's new and following me, to learn more about the characters and be prepared when we go back to stage. You would be definitely more engaged. Alright, so let's start today. Character profile, which would be Queen Hagar. She sets it off again the first week of this series of character profiles from Mole, as she did when she came to me last year to do this type of production, a podcast about short stories. 
and to basically focus on Mole. Let's start from the beginning in my book, Midway in my memoir, that at that timeline, from the book perspective, it's where Princess Semenya, of course, is on the scene. Now, just to kind of give you some more idea from the book perspective, and also when I brought Queen Hagar first in the web shows only, she was never in, in any previous stage plays, as I mentioned. From the book timeline, she's in her mid-40s. Okay, now, fast forward in my short story podcast, these short stories of her, that timeline, Queen Hagar is in her mid-20s. So she's a very young queen, but she's very, very wise. And I'm loving this experience, as I mentioned in my director clip notes episode, is that I'm learning more about her because at the time of the book, you know, she was very, um, I could feel each character as I wrote them. But of course, Princess Hamini had her own drama, her own episode going on, especially with these two dominant kings. So I never really got the chance to dig more back into her background, but that's what she came through even then in the book. Very strong and to have that royal quality in her nature. She always knew what to say, how to say it, how to get her expression across very to the point. So basically in my book, Mince Ram, a memoir, she is wearing her hair differently from the book perspective, okay? And so she's more, her hair is like upward and the woolly spirals and tight form curls, you know, as to expose her neckline with a crescent seal, her collar to indicate her war position in the family. In the book, she's even more poised and straightforward, although it was not revealed then that she could speak several different ancient languages. We find that out in these short stories, fast I wouldn't say fast forward because I'm basically going back in time, which is these short stories, as I mentioned, is before the time of Princess Amelia. So Princess Amelia has not been born yet. And so these scenes are coming up predominantly through like Queen Hargaris is exposing these memories as King Milan sits to the side waiting for his moment. He's letting the, the queen speak, basically. So we learn in these short stories that she can speak several different ancient languages okay now in the timeline of again of my podcast her hair is worn different and I don't think that I went too much in detail because I was more focused on exposing um, the people that is following me and listening to these stories and are connecting uh, with the stories and the characters I wanted to get to the whole heart of what I'm being influenced to write about right the human connection right the moments okay and so anyway so she she looks totally not totally different but she's just different from what I seen her in the book over 20 years ago when I wrote it so she's in her mid-20s she's wearing her hair downward not upward right um, like she did in the book okay fast forward so now we basically going backwards in time from that and it's more you know curly spirals of course woolly curly spirals color of black Nubian sky she is tall not too thin with dark brown eyes of moonlight I should say that little extra spark in our eyes that come through that makes sense when I wrote the book there was always somebody of another uh, statue they always commented on how I don't know how a power influence she was how she always stand out 
in the crowd, but she's very humble with it. Okay, it's like she walks in the room and she's noticed not just because of her royal status, just because of her presence, of her essence. So she always walked with a straight posture, even in her younger years. So in this short story timeline, she still, you see that. So it only continues that going forward when Princess Amelia is on the scene. Okay, so it's as if she was born to be a queen, uh, to kind of take that, to kind of help describe her overall uh, nature. Now again, for my book timeline, the occurrences were being seen through the eyes of Princess Amelia, the daughter of Queen Hagar and King Milan. That in that opening scene when I wrote that book, it was a vision that a deal was made by King Milan and King Kohan. King Kohan is actually the stepfather of King Damar. Now you know King Damar from my first stage play from the book and of course the web souls. King Damar would be a major player when Princess Amelia is on the scene. So Queen Hagar signed off on this deal between King Milan and King Kohan, which is the stepfather of King Damar, to marry Princess Amelia. But at any rate, at this particular time period, King Hagar at this time is very, not, very supportive of her husband, King Milan, and is a steadfast supporter in his decisions. We see that in the short stories. If you go back and you replay that, where they like a tag team they are constantly in good communication they make decisions together they go forward after they agree to sign off on it especially when that episode where it's entitled Mitzrayon final say before they make that decision even though the, the king is not in full operating power she steps up only after she consults with him so it's a very equal and balanced type relationship. And so that makes sense going forward where they are still a tag team convincing Princess Amelia to marry King Damar. Okay. And I think that's where you get that constant way of not backing down to Princess Amelia and working towards the bigger plan that they made before she was born pretty much or you know made right by the time that you know she was on the scene princess amelia was so in all queen hagar is a royal bloodline i feel her when i write her that it's a long line of royals that she is um, that she was born from and at the time of the book that created the reputation of her was like a alpha <laughs> because she was so very strong and very keen in the words that she chose to speak she also had the nurturing qualities as exposed to her children and mate King Milan in the book and you see it definitely more here in the short story. So these attributes are more openly displayed um, in these short stories and somewhat in the book, especially towards the end where some truth has been revealed and she has to expose, you know, some of the reasons why the, some decisions were made. So at any rate, in the new podcast show of mine, Michelle Anderson, Short Stories and Beyond, we get to see more of Queen Hagar, more nurturing side, the side that she doesn't have to always stand tall and be have that statue to direct orders and so forth. But we see those well, um, that bonding like between her and Princess Hannah. So she has that aspect of her. Okay, so at any rate, she does show that she's a, a devoted mother and wife. 
So that's pretty much what I wanted to share a character profile of Queen Hagar. Now I'm going to continue on, but this would be pretty much for patrons only. If you want to hear the rest of what I wanted to say and share with Queen about Queen Hagar, go ahead and be a patron. You can do that by going to www.patron.com forward slash Nichelle Anderson. I will have that link at the bottom. I think you can pretty much start at a reasonable price. You can cancel anytime and you have access to all of these not publicly episodes where I'm either exposing the whole short story or you get these types of extra bonuses. What I'm about to continue to talk is only for patrons only, not public. So you get you get, you'll be able to get more information, more goodies, I should say. So it pays to be a patron of this particular podcast. All right, so for patrons only, what I wanted to share Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party... Oh, there you are. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The thing about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. We probably don't even need the words, the Name Your Price tool, to tell you that our humpback whale pup gives you options based on your budget. Or that our novelty hand buzzer helps you save on car insurance. And that's the thing about the tiny felt bag filled with marbles. At this point, you've heard a lot of ads about the elusive northern bobcat. The Name Your Price tool. <coughs> the neighbor who baked you banana bread. Only from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.